Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello and welcome to Bet the Edge on Thursday, September 29th. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick as always. Thanks to everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Today, Drew and I are going to deep dive the game tonight. A bit more fun than Brown Steelers. It's Bengals, Dolphins. <laughs> the line right now is Bengals minus three and a half. The total's just ticked up to 48. We'll go into all of that. But first, Drew, how are you? What's going on? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, it's, uh, I'm excited for this game. I usually tiptoe around the Thursday night games in terms of betting stake just because it's weird uh, situationally, you know, with the short week and, you know, trying to guess who you're going to see over and under perform. Uh, that's not the case this week. I'm pretty heavily staked on the Bengals. Uh, I was on the right side of three, at least, um, but uh, I still see them as potentially running away with this one. So excited to hear what your take is. There's been a little bit of buyback on the Dolphins for whatever reason of late. So uh, I don't know if that's people just trying to capture a middle at three, but uh, whatever the case is, I'm going to be pretty uh, tuned into this one. I like it. For, before we jump into we're going to look at the Dolphins and all of their futures odds and everything that's happening with them. But firstly, just curious, how do you break down home field advantage on a Thursday game as opposed to Sunday? What's the difference uh, with those extra three days? Because obviously travel and rest is a big part of home field advantage. Yeah, so the biggest uh, aspect of that to me is much more about coaching experience, right? If you have an experienced coach, I think the home field advantage is for the away team in particular. If you have an experienced head coach that is traveling – they know what a difficult thing it is to be able to get your team prepared on a short week, uh, you know, for a Thursday night primetime game. Um, and so what they tend to do is use the week prior and uh, kind of implement a team specific game plan for their offense in particular. Uh, and so, you know, you could do a couple walkthroughs, you, you keep your team relatively, you know, lightly practiced, and then you travel and you're prepared to go. If you're a new coach like Mike McDaniel, I don't know that he has learned that lesson. And so, you know, the, the idea that not only has their practice been disrupted because they had to travel early because of the hurricane in Florida, but on top of that, you know, I don't know that they had Bengals-specific wrinkles incorporated into their offense ready to go before this week, and they've had no time to practice. So I think, you know, in a situation like this where you do have a new coach and, you know, there's, there's some learning curve, uh, for this particular setup, uh, I would expect that there's going to be some, um, you know, some additional home field advantage in favor of the Bengals. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you think 
you think Tua was ever actually in question? Because now all signs are trending towards him being expected to play. Just wondering if the Dolphins, maybe because of how the, the visuals looked on Sunday, maybe playing up the back and the ankle and everything, do you expect that we'll get a full 100% Tua tonight? I am completely unsure what to make yeah. of any of that because there was – you know, smart people, well-connected people who, you know, had Tua trending out earlier this week based on, you know, some reports. Um, but at the same time, if you're the Dolphins and you're trying to sidestep any scrutiny over putting a concussed player back on the field, then you would play up the back injury this week. So it checks out that that might be what's going on, a little rope-a-dope there. Uh, but I think uh, setting that aside, I wasn't really overly impressed with the level of play we saw from Tua in that Buffalo Bills game. He made one nice deep pass that was basically the game. And other than that, there was still a lot to be desired for how he was operating, even against a defense that was missing a lot of its best players in the secondary. So, uh, you know, I think expecting Tua to be as dynamic as what we saw against Baltimore, I think is asking a lot out of him considering what he's dealing with or not. That makes sense. All right, let's jump into some Dolphins futures markets. Uh, so just to run through some of their odds, they are minus 400 to make the playoffs now, uh, which is shortened significantly uh, since preseason, plus 350 to miss. Uh, to win the AFC East, they are plus 225. To win the AFC, they're plus 800, which I would not touch. Uh, and then uh, for, for the true believers, Tua Tagovailoa is plus 2,000 to win MVP. Are there any Dolphins markets that you're interested in? No, not at those prices. So a couple of things to kind of keep in mind about the Dolphins. They have yet to go through a playoff run. And, you know, it sounds stupid to say it in in the shadow of the Bengals making a Super Bowl in their first ever, you know, playoff experience as a team. Um, but that was the exception, not the rule. Um, and so I think expecting that, you know, all of a sudden the Dolphins, even if they get a relative, you know, if they win the AFC East, which seems at this point they're still, you know, not expected to do, um, you know, even having home games in the playoffs, it's still going to be tough for this team to ultimately, you know, succeed against more experienced teams in, in you know, in the winter. Now, if they don't even win the AFC East and now they've got to go on the road to the likes of Buffalo, to the likes of Kansas City, to the likes of Baltimore, those are potentially rough, you know, rough outdoor cold weather conditions. You know, typically that's historically poor for a team from Miami. Uh, I think best case scenario for the Dolphins in their long term growth is make the playoffs this year, you know, get your feet wet, get Tua's kind of playoff stinker out of the way. Uh, if they happen to win that game and, and then make a little bit of noise, good for them. But, um, you know, I, I'm not seeing anything value in these prices. If, you, if, if I'm going to get involved in a team that has no playoff experience, I need at least, uh, you know, 20 to one or better, uh, you know, for, for them to ultimately get there because the market's going to be shaded against them in every single playoff you know, game. Nobody's going to buy into these guys until they see it with their eyes, as we saw with the Bengals last year. I mean, they were, you know, huge dogs against, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, in the AFC Championship game. And even if you had a huge ticket on the Bengals, it was tough to get equity out of that position. So, um, you know, I think ultimately this is still uh, a learning growth, growing year for the uh, Dolphins. But I want to ask you a quick question, which is how do you rate this Dolphins defense right now? They've in two weeks, not, you know, the statistics don't look good. But the last two weeks they played the two 
guys that we think ought to be favorites in the MVP market and Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson. So, you know, what are, you know, what are, is this defense? Are they good? And, you know, is there a potential that we look up in the middle of the season and we're like, whoa, they were a lot better than we thought. Yeah. I mean, they were 10th in DVOA by defense last year. Right now they're 24th. There's no opponent and adjustments baked into that yet though. I think that like there are reasons to believe that they would be worse and that Brian Flores is a defensive coach. That's his side of the ball. Um, that's what he did in New England. So I'd also think that tonight will be a really interesting matchup because the Dolphins, like more than any team in the NFL outside of maybe the Ravens, they are associated with blitzing. And when you blitz Joe Burrow, the whole thing with Joe Burrow is that uh, he runs into trouble if he's only getting rushed by four and then he hangs onto the ball and he thinks he's Superman and avoiding these sacks. But against the blitz last year, he was the best quarterback in the NFL. So I think that that is a, a reason for, for optimism behind the Bengals. But yeah, I wouldn't, not writing off this Dolphins defense, they really should have had a pick six against the Ravens, against Lamar Jackson, Xavier Howard dropped it. They should have picked off Josh Allen two or three times. So maybe that would flip it a little bit. I don't think this is going to be a bad defense, but I don't think you can count on this being a top seven or eight defense, which is probably what might have been a higher-end expectation, but a realistic one coming in to the season. I'm with you that I don't really want a part of these Dolphins prices that we're looking at right now. The only Dolphins investment I have, um, which I spoke about last week, was backing Tua to lead the league in passing yards at 20 to 1. That's into plus 800 now uh, on points. I don't really like the plus 800 just because Josh Allen, as you mentioned the other day, he might throw for 6,000 yards uh, at this rate. But, um, but certainly, I think that Tua, mainly because of his schedule, which is the other thing where, you know, one mark that we haven't mentioned is Mike McDaniel to win Coach of the Year. He's second favorite at the moment. He's getting very short. But as we've spoken about, when it comes to money time in that award, the Dolphins close at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at Buffalo, Green Bay, at New England, uh, before playing the Jets in Week 18. So that's a brutal schedule, which is part of the reason I like Tua's uh, passing yards, uh, just because I think he's going to be throwing a lot, but a reason that I would be against Mike McDaniel. All right, before we get into the Bengals, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chiefs and Bucks in our Sunday night seven contest. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. 
Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.com. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, let's jump into the Bengals. Obviously, they made the Super Bowl last year. Hasn't started off so brightly for them. Just going to run through, again, a few of their futures markets. They're, uh, they're underdogs to make the playoffs. They're plus 115, minus 135 to miss, plus 325 to win the AFC North, which I think might be the interesting angle. 13 to 1 to win the AFC. Don't love that. And then Joe Burrow. 25 to 1 to win MVP with the amount of picks that he's thrown. That's going to be an uphill battle for him. But AFC North plus 325. Any interest on that, Drew? I don't get that price at all. (laughs) I think that is very bettable. Um, Right now, uh, the Bengals are expected to win their Thursday night football game. Um, it's not a done deal, obviously. You know, any any NFL game is is you know it's an oblong ball that bounces in funny directions. Things can you know crazy things can happen, but they are set up with as good a situation as you'll ever find uh, to get a win and to move to two and two. Um, over the first quarter of this season, they came in very rusty in offense because Joe Burrow basically missed the entire preseason with the appendix injury. And then in general, having succeeded beyond their expectations last year, it's not surprising to see a team come in with a little bit less of a chip on their shoulder. Like that happens every single season. And through the first quarter of the regular season, they have played their way into a little bit better form and a little bit better form. Uh, The defense I think is fine. And the offense is starting to shake off some of the rust. I think tonight is sort of the breakout. And then from this point forward for the rest of the season, 
I think people are going to properly rate the Bengals team as among the top in the AFC. That said, uh, I think, you know, the Ravens are very much live for that spot, but they are home hosting the Bills this week as dogs. And then next week, it will be primetime Bengals-Ravens, which I expect to be at or under a field goal. So the fact that the, there's a big disconnect in price for AFC North is very, very tough for me to wrap my head around. I think realistically, this is going to be um, you know, a, a, a very different market uh, in about a week and two days. And it'll be fun to talk about how the Bengals are sort of a, a stock up team, I think, after they beat the Ravens next Sunday night. Yep, I'm with you 100% on that. I think the disparity is way too big. The Ravens are minus 135 uh, to win the AFC North, uh, despite only being 2-1. and one. The Bengals uh, at 1-2, and two, plus 325. I do think as well, I mean, it is, it's often folly going into uh, historical past matchups and trends and everything, but I think there are real reasons to believe that the Bengals match up really well with the Ravens. Uh, just because the Ravens have shown over and over again that they have trouble with speed, with the passing against the secondary, and uh, Jamar Chase is just about the best weapon to unlock there, and uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd not too bad either. So, I mean, just with how the Bengals, particularly in the... Like, I don't really care about the second matchup, because what, it was like Josh Johnson or whatever, but that first matchup, they lit up Baltimore. Jamar Chase uh, had Marlon Humphrey's head on a swivel, uh, so I think that there is reason to believe there is a bit of an edge there. And obviously, if they're able to go 2-0 and in that matchup and get the tiebreak and also register two losses on Baltimore, that really sets you up for the division. The Ravens minus three is the look ahead. I think that will close like two or yeah, one and a half even. Um, so I think that that's, there's some movement to go there. I, I do worry about the Bengals' upside in terms of winning the AFC and, and everything like that. But I do think the division is certainly... Uh, worth a look. Any uh, any further Bengals thoughts, Drew? Any kind of player angles or long-term? Are you buying into them as a, a real Super Bowl threat? I'm out on Burrow MVP, surely. Um, to this point in the season, there are only six quarterbacks who are performing well enough to be considered, and Burrow is not one of them. Uh, and even their path to win the AFC North is live, but their path to get a one seat is not, in my opinion. Um, and then the, you know, in general, once we get to the playoffs, is this team really going toe to toe with the Jaguars? I don't know, man. Uh, (laughs) Quick, quick aside. And this is not, this is not a joke. It's not a bit. If Trevor Lawrence goes into Philadelphia and beats the Eagles, is he fourth favorite for MVP? Yes. He's one of the six that is playing well enough right now. Absolutely. The six quarterbacks that are playing well enough to be considered for MVP in no particular order are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Tua and of course, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, no, in seriousness, uh, the AFC is crowded. Um, the Bengals were somewhat lucky, uh, to get there last year just in terms of how it all broke in their favor. Um, I would make them live against basically everyone in an AFC head to head. If you're catching points on the road in an AFC matchup, I'm going to be making a case to bet them, surely. Um, but at the same time, Zach Taylor leaves a lot to be desired. I need a bigger price if I'm going to get involved with the Zach Taylor team to really do anything especially amazing. 13-1 to 1 to win the AFC is a big number. Just probably got to win one home game and two road games to do that. That's but. true, because you're not getting the price. Also, they're underdogs to make the playoffs right now, so you got to add that into the price as well. So true. that's true. the thing is that, yes, they won the AFC last year, 
they're also touchdown underdogs in the AFC title game, uh, which if they played Kansas City um, in January at Arrowhead, like I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to be minus seven again, but it's still probably going to be five, five and a half in that range. So you're probably better off just backing the Bengals game by game at that point. All right. Let's talk about one Bengals game in particular tonight. But firstly, if you want more betting, DFS, and fantasy advice right before kickoff tonight, tune into our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Lawrence Jackson, and Kyle Dvorak answer your questions prior to kickoff between the Dolphins and Bengals. All right, let's go further into this Dolphins-Bengals game. Just a few player props, firstly. Uh, first touchdown scorer, uh, passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards. We'll jump into some of these. Now, my two favorite bets on the board in this game uh, in terms of player props, I like Jamar Chase under 75 and a half receiving yards. Hasn't been the same guy as last year. I think teams are scheming against him better. Dolphins have been just about the best team in the NFL at defending deep pass. They're selling out to stop deep passes. That's why there were no big plays for Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis on the weekend. And there was a lot of Devin Singletary, a lot of short passes, which the Dolphins are awful at defending. So my other bet is Joe Mixon over 21 and a half receiving yards. Kind of sort of correlated, I guess, to Jamar Chase's under, where I do think that uh, Joe Burrow is going to have success in the short game. The Dolphins are very bad at defending running backs in the passing game because they are staying back so much. So those would be my two favorite player props. Uh, any kind of player angles that you're looking at tonight? I can't believe you're not going with the guy P. Ryan. Monte P. Ryan, you had a fun my guy. Your guy, you had a fun bet on him in the Super Bowl last year. I, I believe it came through. Yeah, um, it did. Uh, but, like under five and a half rushing yards or something. something and then something. he gets the carry with the season on the line, which everyone is thinking, oh, this decides the Super Bowl. It's like, no, no, no. Super Bowl's irrelevant. It decides Samaj Piran over under five and a half rushing yards. That's right. Uh, but uh, he showed actually a little bit of pop, I thought, last week. And I, you know, I, I mean, the Bengals running game has been tr- has been tragically pathetic um but but i do think that p ryan at least is giving you a little bit of pop so uh him getting involved at least out of the backfield seems like uh you know a realistic possibility i like i know they like to use him in that capacity but uh, i agree with your mix and look as well that that should be the angle of attack here um you mentioned it joe burrow is going to get blitzed he's going to pick this team apart um there are a couple of x factors in terms of handicapping this game that are tough because of small sample size of course i'm talking about the Bengals are going to be wearing white helmets we just don't know how they're going to perform in that capacity huge angle if you know if you don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah. um but Actually, no over a lot yeah <laughs> but in, in seriousness um you have a really funny situation where uh you know the the miami dolphins as we mentioned are you know relatively new coaching staff in a very difficult travel spot because of the hurricane and because of the short week but even more so because they spent as much time as they did on the field. People have been talking about this all week, and I think this is real. I mean, you know, player-level fatigue is a very tough thing to correctly capture quantitatively, um, but the idea that this defense is going to be able to generate the pressure that they would on a normal week of rest after a normal game, I don't think you can expect that. The idea that they're going to be able to play as well coverage-wise just because guys are going to be a little bit, you know, a step slow. They you know, these guys have all had to sit in the ice tubs, get IVs, like every do everything possible to get their bodies right on a very quick turnaround. 
I think that it is entirely expected uh, that they're not going to look as sharp as we have seen at times from this unit. And I think ultimately, um, you know, that should open up a ton of doors for Cincinnati to get it done however they like in this game. Uh, I think there's an expectation that the pass rush for Miami is going to be able to get home on Burrow because of, you know, just in general, his you know propensity to take sacks uh, throughout his career, in particular this season. Um, but again, those guys getting the same push that they have been able to get in a neutral game state, uh, I, I, I take exception to. So I think that uh, in general, this should be um, all systems go for Cincinnati offensively. Uh, and then on the flip side, um, you know, the fact that Waddle is a little banged up, the fact that uh, Teron Armstead is banged up. I, you know, I, I realistically think that, um, you know, this Bengals defense is good, not great, but uh, they're fundamentally sound. Uh, their defense coordinator, Anaruma, makes amazing in-game adjustments. Uh, so even if they come out and they're looking somewhat sharp, somewhat good, uh, then I think there's a decent opportunity to make an in-game play uh, against the, the Dolphins, ultimately me making their point expectation in this one. Um, so, you know, Frank, so I'm, uh, fundamentally looking for, you know, basically positive correlated, uh, you know, positive correlated offensive, uh, expectation for the Bengals and, and, uh, you know, underperformance out of Miami. Yep. I like that. I'd take the Bengals minus three and a half as well. I think these two teams are all things considered equal, neutral field, everyone healthy, all of the rest the same. I do think they are pretty close to even with a slight edge to the Bengals, but every single ancillary factor goes in the Bengals' favor uh, when you're looking at, as you've talked about, like short week for the road team, for the, the rookie head coach, uh, the amount of the ridiculous amount of plays that the defense was on the field. Uh, the fact that uh, Tua and Teron Armstead and Jalen Waddell are all maybe carrying things, which may impact them. And then I think the sneaky thing too is that Right now, the Bengals are a better defensive team than offensive team. Uh, yeah, the defense yeah. has been really strong through three weeks. So, And I think that Burrow clearly has upside. And for all the kind of mocking around the Bengals' offensive line and the alleged improvements they made, which haven't surfaced because Joe Burrow gets sacked a lot, I don't think the offensive line has been the problem. I think it's been fine. It's not a disaster. It's Burrow taking those sacks and if the Dolphins are blitzing, uh, which they are very known for, then Burrow, uh, who is, again, was the best quarterback in the blitz against the blitz last season in the NFL, I think that the offensive matchup uh, is very strong for them as well. Uh, also, I just, I mean, it's hard to weigh in like emotional letdown factors, which are usually a fallacy, but Dolphins just played um, Patriots, divisional rival, Ravens in an incredible match, and then uh, the Bills. Whereas yeah, the Bengals yeah. have been playing the Jets. So I do think <laughs> in terms of just, I don't know, uh, amount of time that we dedicated to game planning and, and all yeah, that type yeah. of thing, I would think that the Bengals, they should be pretty well prepared. Now, just lastly, before we wrap, total is ticked up from 47.5 to 48. I would assume that is related to more confirmation that it's going to be Tua as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater. Any side that you like on the total? And do you think it closes at 48? I think it's there's going to be some late under money that probably ticks in here. Um, again, even though I am bullish on what the Bengals offense may look like in this one, um, the over only gets home if the Dolphins get to 20 points, in my opinion. Yeah. And that I don't know if is is I don't think that's with the cards really. Um, if if they get uh you know even if they get a healthy first half performance, I would expect ultimately that the Bengals defense wins some one v ones. But and I'm, I'm expect I 
I think there is a realistic chance we see like a 31 to three kind of game. And we're like, wow, that game stunk. Um, but at the same time, you got to watch this because this is like, as I project out how the rest of the season goes, this is going to be a playoff game. This is four or five. I, the, yeah. And, you know, as currently rated, like these teams are going to meet in the four or five matchup. And it will be fun to see how this market closes and what that market opens if we actually get it. And hear people kind of make commentary about, you know, the, you know, the outcome of this game, the market in this game and how it relates to that game when it's going to be it will be a neutral situation and it will be a very, you know, kind of a more fair contest because right now this doesn't look like a fair fight to me. I love that you have this as the four or five, therefore just penciling in Jacksonville as the AFC South winner, locking them in for a top three seed when they're like plus two twenty to win the division. <laughs> Their schedule is so much easier. Oh, no, I like it. I'm all in. So much easier. I took it's some. Crazy. I took some Jags thirty-five to one AFC uh, yesterday. I'm all in Jags. All right, we're done. Uh, don't forget to check out the NBCSportsEdge.com website for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for everyone to everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Go Bengals, go under. Dolphins team total under 22 and a half. That's the line. Take the under on that as well. We like it. See you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.